Our scripture reading this morning is from John 12, verses 44 through 50. Then Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into this world as a light, so no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his commands lead to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our Lord and God, we pray that you would open our ears and eyes that we might hear and see the truth of your word. O Lord, reveal yourself to us by the power of your spirit. We pray this in Christ's glorious and precious name. Amen. Good morning. I'm interim pastor Jim Friedier, and it's really a great joy to be here with you this morning on this wonderful Christmas Eve as we look with hope and anticipation the birth of our Savior. You know, what a great joy it is to be together to worship our living God. For the past three weeks, we have been in this season of Advent, and we've been looking at the words of Jesus and how he describes how he came that first Christmas we started by looking at the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, where he says, I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. We understand that Jesus kept the law perfectly for us because we can't. He sets all of us who are united to Christ free from the demands of the law through faith in him. And in two weeks ago, we looked at Jesus' words from John 12, and we were told there that for this very purpose, I have come to this hour. And we looked at it, and we were reminded that Jesus, on that first Christmas, came to go to his death on the cross for you and me. Then last Sunday, we heard Jesus say in Luke 5 that, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. We are all deathly ill with sin, and we need the healing balm of Jesus, which is received only through repentance. And we saw this last week when we looked at these passages. But today, we're going to look at Jesus' words in John 12, verse 46, where he says, I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should remain or should stay in darkness. Jesus was born that first Christmas to bring light into our dark fearful hearts. He came as a light to dispel the sadness and our loneliness, to dispel the separation we have between us and God. Look, the themes of light and darkness are common throughout this Gospel of John, but really they are common throughout all of Scripture. Today we're going to look at what it means to stay or to remain in darkness and what it means that Jesus came as light. We live in this great city but it's rare that we are in a place of deep, deep darkness. 
Most nights, I can't even see the stars when I step outside because of the bright lights of the city. But I have had a few times and been in a few locations in my life where the darkness was so great that I couldn't see anything. Couldn't even see my hand before my eyes. One such time was in Jones County, Georgia, where my parents used to live. They lived about 20 miles outside of Macon, Georgia. And if you're familiar with Georgia, that's smack in the middle of central Georgia. And they lived 20 miles outside of the city in, in a, an area of, the, the, of this county that was just completely wooded uh, and filled with forests and very few people. They actually had only two neighbors who lived on their dirt road that was three miles off the two-lane road that you would get into this county. From, uh, <clears throat> one evening, I was home there for Christmas and for Christmas break, and I was visiting with them, and I had decided that I was gonna go on a walk. And I hadn't known their area very long. They had just moved there. So I decided I was gonna go on a walk, and it was right before sunset, maybe an hour or so before sunset. And so I took my dog, my trusty companion, and we left on a hike. Um, we started out down the road, uh, out of their driveway, this dirt road out of their driveway, onto the dirt road that ended, eventually ended into a dead end. And at this dead end, I decided the smart thing to do is just to cut across through the woods, just to start walking. And not, in a, not on a path, but just in a particular direction, and I just started walking. And after about a mile or so, I should say after about an hour or so, I came to this huge open field, a really large open field, and I started walking along the edge of that field. And it was getting twilight, dusky. As I got to the far end of the field, I turned back and this fog was descending on the field. And as I looked out, this field was completely crowded now with deer. And I was just amazed. There must have been 30 or 40 deer in this field just grazing uh, and eating grass the end of the, this again in December. And it was an amazing sight. So I hung out there for like 30, 40 minutes watching this, these deer until my dog decided that he realized, oh, there's deer in the field and began to chase them away. Thankfully, that woke me up from the reality, wow, it's getting dark. It's really getting dark. The sun literally is setting as I'm watching the deer. Um, and I have no real idea where I am. It was now dusk and quickly getting dark. And I realized that I needed to hurry to get back home or I was gonna be stuck out in these woods in the middle of the night. As I hurried back to the other side of the field, the last of the light really disappeared. It was really cold. There was no moonlight, it was complete overcast. And of course I was out there before there were cell phones and I didn't think to bring a flashlight. And truth be told, I really had not paid attention to where I had come into this field from the woods. So I was walking back to what I thought was the direction I'd come into the field. It's now dark, and so I just cut out through the woods just, and started walking. After about 40 minutes, I realized I don't know where I am, and I'm crawling through bushes and briars, and I'm getting scratched up, and I can't see anything, and it's getting darker and darker. So I thought the smart thing to do, and it sounds stupid right now, but the smart thing to do was to follow my dog. My dog never gets lost. He's going to make his way home. So I started following my dog, and after about 30 minutes of following the dog, he wised up to my foolishness and left me stranded in the middle of a pine forest where now I could barely see the ha my hand before my eyes. <clears throat> I kept walking, thinking I, there's nothing else to do, just keep going, and eventually after about another 45 minutes, 
I realized I, as I came out into an open field that I had done a wonderful complete circle in the middle of the night and, had and now it ended up where I had originally started in this field. And the reason for that is because it was so dark that in that kind of darkness, when it's that dark, you, you get really disoriented quickly. The blackness of the night was so encapsulating that it truly was disorienting for me. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of darkness. Maybe you have, hopefully not that kind of a situation. But in this passage we're reading today, that's what John is talking about. John, is says, John says, apart from Jesus, we remain in that kind of utter deep darkness. He contrasts, like I said, light and darkness throughout this gospel. And you'll recall maybe in John chapter 1, he says this, In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light, of course, here is Jesus, and the darkness is our world with all its sin and with all its problems. Then later in John 3, he says this, the light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. If, it were not, if we are not in Christ, John says, we are in darkness, and that darkness is representative of our sin, our fear, our hatred, our anger, our alienation, our loneliness, our separation from God. And then lastly, in John 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus as light gives us life. And the darkness here is equated with death. That's, that is, not to have Jesus is not to have life. That is to have spiritual death, to be alienated, to be separated from him. Look, this world of ours is filled with evil and untold suffering, much like the world of Jesus' day. If you think about the time of Jesus' birth, Israel was occupied and oppressed by Rome. Death was everywhere, with Herod even calling for the the killing of little children. Families were torn apart and people fled as refugees from a tyrannical leader. We live in a dark world and none of us can really truly fix that. Despite the rhetoric and the promises from government or others that we can create a world of unity and peace. We live in a broken world and we are broken people. But why is that? Have you ever asked the question, why is that? Why are we broken people? Why is this world broken? Well, the, the scripture answers that for us. Because we, are, we lost our original good relationship with God that we had in the garden way back in Genesis. You go back to Genesis 1, Genesis 2, and Genesis 3, and we read about God creating us as good made in his image. And then something happened in Genesis 3, right? The fall where Adam and Eve sinned, and we from that time on have now, in a sense, inherited that sin, that, their fallenness, that brokenness. And we own it for ourselves. It's not just like that we received their sin and now we, and we're, we're fine. But no, we received their sin and we now carry on that sin, their sinful traditions in our own broken ways, in our own broken world. Listen, the good news is that Jesus said that none of us need to remain in the darkness that is in fear and brokenness because he has come as light. That's why Christ came that first Christmas, to fill us with his light. 
I have come as light, Jesus said, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Only his light can overcome the darkness of our world. Light, of course, is, a, is powerful. We've all seen this at work at one time or another. And as we know, that one little match can dispel the darkness and disorientation it brings, whether in our world or even in our hearts. When I was lost and disoriented in the woods, I did not stop searching for my home. I recognized that I was lost. And I decided the only way I was going to get out of those woods, out of that situation, was to follow the sound of cars that were way off in the distance. Now, I had an idea of what road that was. I couldn't see the cars. I couldn't see the light of the cars, but I could hear the noise those cars were making. I also knew that once I got closer to those cars or to that road, that I would come to a large river that I had no intent of swimming across in the middle of a cold, dark night. But I thought, I'll worry about that when I find that river, because that river would be a sign that I'm getting close to civilization and out of these woods. As I followed the sound of the cars, I followed them for at least three hours, maybe more, before I came to what appeared to be a small creek. This was not the river, but a stream that connected to it. I knew that I had to cross the water, so I hoped it was not that deep. And I was deeply concerned because I couldn't see anything. I'm literally walking out into this stream, not knowing how deep it was. I couldn't see to the other side. And to be honest, I'm thinking in my mind, being from Florida, are there alligators in Georgia? No, there are no alligators. But snakes and all kinds of nightly critters. Now, if I'd been in my right mind, I would know in the middle of winter, you're not going to run into a snake in the water or other things. But I wasn't in my right mind. I was scared and a little concerned for myself in this deep, dark place needing to, to forge across this creek. As I stepped in the water, I slipped immediately onto my knees. And the thought of not really getting wet changed right there as I was soaked. I got up and I quickly continued across the stream until the water began to rise up to my chest. It was freezing, I was cold, I was miserable, and, but I was even now more scared because I understood that walking in cold and wet clothes just made me more susceptible to hypothermia and I still had no idea where I was. After crossing this creek, this creek and scrambling up the bank, I continued walking for another hour or so when I finally saw in the distance sort of this glimmer of a light. The light was amazing and it stood out in this canvas of darkness. It was the most beautiful, wonderful thing I had ever seen. And seeing that light brought hope because I knew I would be safe. Look, we need light to survive, to live physically. And in the same way, we also need the light of Jesus to thrive spiritually. One light, just like the light of that home, can scatter the darkness of our hopelessness and isolation. And in verse 46, John tells us that Jesus is the light we need to disperse the darkness in our hearts and of this world. We can't scatter the darkness, the sin and evil of our hearts or of this world, but Jesus can because he's the light of this world. And if we come into his light, then we can be little lights of joy and goodness for this lost, dark world. But here's the thing. You can't be illuminated by Jesus until you receive his light. 
And in verses 46 and 47, Jesus tells us how we are to receive his light. He says the light, the light of Christ comes into our hearts by believing in Jesus and by hearing his words. Holding to his word determines everything for you and me. When I was lost in those woods, what saved me was the sound of cars in the distance. Hearing and following that sound led me to a place of security and safety. If we will hear and follow Jesus' voice, that is Jesus' words, he will lead us to a place of safety, to salvation from our own brokenness. John says, if you want the light of Jesus, then believe and follow his word. It's only through his word that we may enter into his light. As Jesus said elsewhere, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come. That is, no one can even see the Father apart from Jesus. I know there are many who find Jesus interesting, intriguing even, but don't really hold to his word. Now, of course, some think that Jesus is a good person. He's moral. He's kind. Maybe even someone we should emulate. Some of you here today might have difficulty believing Jesus for who he says he is. But here's the thing. We don't have the moral authority to pick and choose the words of Jesus that we want to believe or keep. If you want to be intellectually honest, you either take all of Jesus at his word or none of him. You can't pick and choose. I like this about Jesus. Ah, this, I'll put it aside. No, you take all of what he says, because all of what he says is his word, is his character, is his nature, who he says he is. Look, not to, not to take Jesus at his word is simply to create a Jesus in our own image, in our own likeness, in our own worldview. Jesus said, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. Look, Jesus is saying unequivocally here and elsewhere that to see him is to see God incarnate. Jesus is God come in the flesh, which is why we celebrate Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. That's not just platitudes, but the actual teaching of Jesus. Tim Keller said, if Jesus Christ is really God, you can't just like him. In the Bible, people who actually saw and heard Jesus never reacted indifferently or even mildly toward him. Once they realized what he was claiming about himself, either they were scared of him or they were furious of him, or they bowed down in worship of him. But nobody simply liked him. Nobody simply thought he was a good moral person. Nobody said he's so inspiring he makes me want to live a better life. If the baby born at Christmas is God incarnate, then you must, then we must serve him completely. Because light and darkness cannot coexist together. Robert Louis Stevenson, the author and poet, uh, is said to have looked out his window as a young boy in Scotland one evening. And those were the days before there were electric lights. While Stevenson was looking out the window, he saw an interesting sight. The town lamplighter was working and lighting each lamppost as he was making his way down the road. He was lighting these lampposts, bringing light to the street. 
Seeing this, this lamplighter so impressed Stevenson that he would later write about the lamplighter who went along punching holes in the darkness. Jesus descended into our world on that first Christmas to punch holes into the spiritual darkness of our hearts so that we can see God and find salvation in him. The light of the world is shining this Christmas Eve. And look, Christmas contains many spiritual truths, but it will be hard to grasp the others unless we grasp this one first. That is, the world is a dark place, and we will never find our way or see reality unless Jesus is our light, so says Tim Keller. Don't let this Christmas pass without Jesus, who came as a light to take away the darkness, to take away our sin, our alienation, and our fear, so that we can live as little lights illuminated by him. If you leave this, this, this Christmas thinking you don't need his light, then you will find that his light will one day expose you and your sins for judgment. Look, we all try to cover up our, mis our messiness, and maybe even more so during the holidays. But Jesus says that the one who rejects him and does not receive his words will be condemned. And the words Jesus has spoken will judge us on the last day. Now, I know that sounds hard, maybe even harsh, but no, we don't have to remain in the darkness. Jesus has come as light so that we can come out of that darkness. You know, when I saw the light from the house when I was lost, I felt relieved, but then almost right away trepidatious. As happy as I was to see the light, and but I still had to approach the light. That meant walking up to a home through a wooded yard late at night in rural Georgia, where many people have strong, strong opinions about trespassing at 11 p.m. at night. I was fearful of what might come, but I did not stop because the light was still better than the darkness. You might be afraid to come to the light of Jesus today. And I understand because Jesus, he asked for everything from us. Our full trust, our full obedience, and our full lives. He asked everything from us. But understand, he also gives to us everything. He gives us his full love, our full restoration, our full salvation. Jesus alone is able to, this, Jesus alone is able to dispel the shadows of doubt and fear so that we may blossom into vessels of joy and grace, forever bathed in the glow of his presence. So I encourage you, if you're here today, to come to your king, to come to the light of Jesus and receive him as your king, to receive him as your light, because he alone can take away the darkness. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we praise you that Jesus was born, that he took to himself human flesh as God incarnate to dwell with us as the King of kings and Lord of lords in order to dispel the darkness of our hearts. Jesus, show us your light, that we might have abundant life in you. Amen.